This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about home security. Um, now, home security, I mean, a lot of us like the, you know, you, you listen to the Survival and Basic Badass podcast, right? So you guys are into badass gear and, and defensive stuff, and probably a lot of you guys are in the military or, you know, some of your cops and all kinds of stuff. So you, uh, you know, you're into that kind of shit. Anyway, um. So that's a big part of it, but there's a lot of simpler things that that matter. And we're going to talk about guns and and how to uh make your house a little bit defensible and things like that. We're going to get there. But there's a lot of other things that people tend to overlook. Um some of the kind of just natural disasters, some of the the more likely scenarios, some of the things that might get you you know, when you, you leave the stove on and it melts the pot and, and catches on fire. And, you know, after you go to bed, after you had a few uh, glasses of whiskey or whatever, you know. So there there's different things to think about. And home security, you know, being a prepper, it's about being prepared. It's about, you know, planning for whatever comes up. But also, again, as always, we like to put our resources where they're going to do the most good. Um, We don't want to, you know, spend a ton of money and whatever preparing for something that's a one in a million shot. Whereas there's things that happen every day to people in their homes and, you know, and things that can affect your family greatly. So you need to kind of prepare for the little things, which is a step to preparing for the bigger things. Um, So, just let's kind of start there and talk about the basics of kind of home ownership and, and, you know, how to prepare for things. 
Uh, one of the things like I've seen is like people tend to forget like the obvious things. When you become a homeowner or even a renter, whatever, when you live in a place, you would be amazed how many people don't know how to shut off the water. If something started flooding or, you know, getting out of control, you know, that you turn the, the faucet on the sink and the knob just breaks off and water starts spraying up at the ceiling or the dishwasher. Um, I've definitely seen in, in older houses where sediment and stuff can uh, cause the fill valve to just stop, you know, basically stop stopping the water. Right. So it just kind of right. keeps overfilling and coming out the door. Do you know how to shut that off? Um, these are kind of basic things, but they're things you need to be aware of. So you need to find at least the main shut off in your house and know where that is for the water. Um, so that way, if something comes up, then you have time to deal with the smaller right. things. You know, you roll out the refrigerator and the plastic water line just cracks apart and, and starts spraying water everywhere. Do you know what to do? Can you shut that off? Or is that something, you know, or, or maybe does your wife not know what to do or your kids? Um, are you going to have to come home from work early to deal with that and then come home to a big flood, you know, with water all over your floor? Mm -hmm. Same thing. Do you know where the breaker box is? Do you know how to check a breaker? Do you know how to, you know, you need to know where your breaker is, where could I shut off the main power? Could I shut off at least power to that room? Is my breaker box labeled? That's huge. Having your breaker box labeled and being able to find, you know, what's going on. Hey, I can leave half my house on and just shut the room off. That's sparking and on fire. You know, right. hey, mm -hmm. I, Again, I mean, you know, a lot of times if you have a big fire shutting off everything and making it safe for everybody to do whatever, no, is the better way to go. But my point is, can you isolate things? Can you deal with problems as they come up? So these are something like you really, I mean, if one of these is striking you, I'm not going to talk you through how to find the breaker box in your house or whatever, but it's something you might want to look into YouTube and, and figure out what's going on if, if you don't know. You need to know how to shut off the utilities to your house and, and understand that. And that's going to come up. But there's also like a lot of disasters, fire, whatever. What, what are some steps, Kevin, that, you know, what are you thinking? Well, I think, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that gets overlooked, you know, people, people say, you know, I have 10 AR-15s, you know, yeah. I don't, I didn't spend any money on buying a smoke detector. Oh, you know? or carbon monoxide, right? Carbon monoxide is another big one, you know. And, oh, you look at them at the at the store; they have the carbon monoxide fire detector, you know, package yeah, there. But it's $50. Kevin. They're kind of really want to spend fifty. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, uh, sell one or one of your fifteen AR fifteens, and just go bite the bullet and get it. You're gonna have to suck it up and and get the smoke detector, get the the carbon monoxide detector and have them set up, have them with the batteries, you know, make sure everything's all set and yeah. before you start, you know, going crazy with other stuff. Um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people don't have fire extinguishers in their house too. Yes. And I would say that's a, that's a big priority right there with smoke detectors, you know, being able to uh, put a fire out when it's a small fire, 
rather than waiting for the fire department that's going to show up in an hour after your house is burnt down. Right. And when that fire department shows up to put out a fire, they're not going to try and like, you know, protect the stuff around it. They're going to spray the whole house down with fire hoses and your whole, all the drywall, uh, all the drywall, everything is going to have to be ripped out if the fire uh, company shows up. You're going to have some serious damage. It's not just going to be from from fire. So having a plan for that sort of stuff is is really a big deal. You know, whether it's a grease fire or, uh, you know, an outlet overheating and sparking, you know, there's a lot of things that can cause fire. I, you know, I'm an asshole. I'm always doing dumb shit. And so being prepared for uh, emergencies is always like high on my list because I know I'm going to do some dumb shit at some point or another, and I'm going to have to be ready for it when it happens. Right. Now, along with that, um, I want to talk about, about kitchen, kitchen safety too. Um, one of the biggest uh, home accidents uh, that people have where they have to go to an emergency room is, uh, you know, cutting themselves open uh, with one of the knives. And believe it or not, that generally happens because of dull knives, not because of sharp ones. It's because you're trying to jam a dull knife through something and it slips and, right. and you get a you're big gash in your with a lot more force than you should be having to, which ends up, you know, with you losing control. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, you're pressing so hard and then something either bounces off the edge or breaks through and yeah. you're unable to stop it with the amount of effort that you were putting in there. It's, yeah, that's I've, a I've real got a little thing. stone. Yeah, I've got a little sharpening stone in my kitchen that before I even, you know, do anything. The first thing I do is just, you know, hit it for 30 seconds on the sharpener. Just, you know, that, that way it keeps the knives sharp instead of having to go through and sharpen every one of my knives, you know, every single, every single week or two. Um, so I think, you know, things in the kitchen, you know, with the stove and with the, you know, food prep, uh, that's, that's one of the more dangerous rooms in your house. That's when, one of the places you're more likely to have a grease fire. You're more likely to have a cut. Um, so as on top, uh, after the fire thing, I'd like to just talk about basic, uh, first aid. Where's your medic, you know, what, what's the stockpile in your medicine cabinet looking like? How, how is that? You know, do you have the bandages? Do you have, um, you know, the basic medications that you, that you use, you know? Tylenol, right. Advil, are you stocked up on all that sort of stuff? It's uh, kind of important to just kind of keep a basic inventory in your house of stuff that you may or may not, you know, need. And, then, you know, if you have an emergency like that. Right. Now, like I know, like I'm big on uh, uh, trauma kits. And again, this is something you want to have a basic level of, of training with first aid and hopefully more than a basic level, but a basic level at the minimum. and it's really important to have like the tools that you need nearby. Um, You know, the little things like Kevin saying, you know, being able to dress and clean a wound is nice. You know, I know like wound wash and things like that used to be pretty big, uh, but stuff like even just as simple as like bacitracin or, you know, some kind of spray to get in there and clean or at a minimum, you know, triple antibiotic cream or, or something like that, that you can, clean out your wounds, keep them from getting infected. But I know like in my barn, uh, out near my like shooting range, different things like that, 
I try and keep a trauma bag everywhere. And and I don't mean like I say trauma bag, you're thinking like, oh, big like EMT bag or something like that. No, I'm talking about, I mean, in my case, it's probably like a $60, $70 bag, but it could easily be a $20 bag if, you know, you, you kind of skimped on things. But basically, um, a small kit with something to pack wounds, ho- hopefully some quick clot, like I like like the uh, quick clot sponges, so that way they can kind of be pulled out when you get to, you know, proper medical uh attention Uh but it's also easy if you end up in the end of the world scenario where you're dealing with it yourself it's a lot easier to clean out the sponge that you can pull out in one piece than a bunch of little granules and and things like that worked Mm -hmm. in there but anyway quick clot um i have usually have like an israeli bandage or something i can tie and put pressure on stuff um a uh a um tourniquet Tourniquet is uh, definitely something you want in there. So tourniquet, quick clot sponge, Israeli bandage, and usually fresh like bandages. Um, I've done uh, the quick clot gauze. Again, this is more for the quick bleed and not your normal first aid kit. This is for you have a, a traumatic wound. And, you know, these kind of things happen when you're out with a chainsaw or you're working with an ax or your kid's doing something with an ax and, you know, mm-hmm. and, or the saw can get away from you. Uh, I was cutting a root out of the ground with my uh, Leatherman cause not the smartest thing I've ever done. You know, I have lots of mm-hmm. shears that I could do it, but I was on the mower and there was a big branch in my way and I'm like hacking it up. And I, you know, cut half my thumb off, you know, a couple months ago. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, whatever. But the thing is, do you have something nearby? Now, again, I'm not using a tourniquet for that and whatever, but do you have something that you can clean it and dress it and that kind of thing? But like Kevin said, the basic things like Tylenol and, you know, something to bring the fever down, uh, you know, the antibiotics, clean dressings for little wounds, being able to clean and treat things that are small can prevent it from becoming a big problem. Um, infection isn't such a big deal when you can go to the doctor, although it can spiral out of control. But, uh, Mm -hmm. when you don't have a doctor to go to infection is everything. And, you know, that's going to be one of the big killers that, that get rid of people, um, in, in a real, like shit hits the fan kind of scenario. But you also have to realize you might, want to stockpile some antibiotics. I know that sounds a little crazy. Um, but, uh, so, you know, we, we've talked about it in, in our first eight episodes and, and stuff like that, but they have like fish antibiotics that you can buy and they're the same antibiotics that there are for people, but they're available like over the counter because they're used for treating animals and they assume, oh, if you kill an animal, whatever, you know, it's, uh, but anyway, you can uh, message us. There's some great books out there and, and stuff you can do on dosing and uh, what to treat what with and how to kind of, you know, know people's allergies and things like that. There's a lot of good stuff with antibiotics. So something you might want to look into, but definitely having a good supply of first aid equipment is definitely a plus. And also getting some training on first aid is a bigger plus. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's 
let's move on to uh, basic natural disaster situations. Uh, a lot of us, depending on where you live, um, have chances of legitimate natural disasters happening. You know, if you're in, in South Florida, Louisiana, you really have to, you know, be aware of uh, the weather channel, what's going, coming and going. You're going to end up, you know, hurricanes are going to come through at some point in your life uh, if you're anywhere along the coast. Tornadoes for the Midwest. Um, a lot of people are are uh, prone for blizzards and ice storms. I know they had the big one down in uh, Texas last year, and um, you know they don't they don't get a lot of cold weather in Texas, so a lot of people weren't prepared for it. And right. um, you know you you can't always be prepared for everything, um, but you can definitely prepare for the things that are likely to happen. Right. So if you're in, you know, Tornado Alley or wherever, you know, whatever, whatever they call that, you're going to want to have a basic plan for, um, you know, basement or, uh, you know, some sort of a, some sort of a uh, secure shelter. Right. Yeah. Right. And if you're in the Northwest or Northeast or, you know, someplace that's, that's prone for snow and blizzards and ice storms, you're going to want to have a situation where you can warm your home without, your electricity. electricity, you know, whether it's Huge. a basic, uh, um, basic kerosene heater or, uh, you know, a generator or whatever it is, you want to make sure that you can heat your home. Um, so it you're not definitely. freezing to death when you can't get in your car and, and, and just drive to someplace safer. Right. Right. Um, no, not having the heat is huge. Um, the flooding in the hurricane areas, you know, that can always be an issue. Uh, being able to, you know, have supplies to board up your windows or whatever, you know, if you're you're really in a hurricane area where you know you're getting a couple every year, having supplies on hand to secure your home a little bit or even, you know, building shutters or something like that that you can actually, right. you know, protect your home is going to make a huge difference. Um, out West, wildfires, you know, wildfires might be a different approach where you're like, hey, one, do I keep stuff cleared around my property, you know, that mm -hmm. I have a space where my house is less likely? Um, I've actually seen some sprinkler systems pay off. I, I know you're limited on what kind of water you can use and whatever out in the West, but um, something like that might be something to consider. Also, uh, you know, just being able to pack up your stuff and, and go it is another part of being prepared. You know, do you have your important things, you know, easily, you know, available to just grab and go? Or are you going to be searching for, oh, my favorite family pictures and, oh, my birth certificates and, oh, you know, everything all over the place instead of I keep these in a safe in a bag ready to go or a locked closet, you know, hey, mm -hmm. here's my binder full of everything that matters. You know, you have right. to consider that as a possibility. And again, usually something like forest fires, you kind of have a little, you know, warning kind of, hey, you know, they're starting to get bad here. Now I should get my shit together. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not, uh, they, you, they don't just engulf your house in a day. Now, they might be 20 miles from you and sneak mm -hmm. up on you in an instant. And, right. and that decision has to be made hard. But you kind of have an idea when something like that's coming, but you need to really have your stuff kind of prepared all the time because making the effort one time can, you know, 
put you at ease and make you prepared for forever. And spending three hours organizing and, and putting your stuff together. And, you know, to be honest, being more organized in life is not going to hurt you, you know, as opposed to watching the endless loop of YouTube videos that it keeps feeding you, maybe mm -hmm. put a little, you know, time into preparing one thing, you know, and it doesn't have to be, I know prepping and, and all this kind of stuff can be overwhelming. Um, cause it is so much to take on, you know, it's like why we were talking about with the food storage, work on two weeks, you know, mm -hmm. then work on a month, then work on a year, you know, it's, it's a slow process and you just take each step as it comes, you know, and, and that's, you know, I mean, when we started this podcast, we, we kind of spread these things out. Part of the plan was that you could kind of deal with one thing at a time and it not overwhelm you. Um, here we kind of did a, a quick start guide of, you know, learn all the basic areas because they've gotten so spread out that like I think iTunes and stuff only keeps 100 episodes on there. So what happens is some of the ones that might be, you know, really important, like we did a really in-depth on home security and like from a survival tactical point of view, defending your house and how to set it up and, and really elaborate. And this is kind of a different episode than that. Like here we're, you know, talking about overall preparedness for your home kind of thing. Um, but what I'm saying is they end up where they all kind of disappear. So that's why we wanted to come back and, and regroup everything so you could be back on point with it. But having your stuff together, putting a little time, you know, and, and little steps, you know, you, all right, I have time, you know, this one week that I can do, you know, this, I have a weekend off coming up and I can use three hours. You know, you get up a little early or whatever, you, you make a little effort and your family's worth it. You know I mean? That's the thing. It's worth a little bit of preparedness than being caught off guard. Um, and especially when you can kind of focus your efforts on the disasters that are likely in your area. You know, like like Kevin said, being in the Northeast and caught off caught without heat and a way to take care of, you know, your family is a big deal. Um, you need to think ahead and plan. It's so much easier when you do this stuff beforehand. But actually trying it out, like not just buying the kerosene heater and throwing it in the corner, but light it up one time and make sure it's going to work. You know, make sure you have the tools you need or you understand how it works or that kind of stuff. These things matter. Um, the generator, you know, make sure you have a way to really do it, you know, and, you know, maybe it's a small disaster that ends up being, you know, how you prepare, you, you, you learn mm -hmm. when, oh, the power's out for a day. Okay. Well, now I learned, you know, I didn't have this. I couldn't heat right. up my coffee and that almost killed me, you know, Hey, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a serious problem. That is a right. serious problem having, having to deal with that. Um, let's uh, let's get on basic uh, home security in the sense, uh, you know, keeping people out that you don't want in there. Um, you know, uh, keeping your doors locked. A lot of people have the basic locks on their on their door um, right. that can be kicked in pretty easily. So, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people go a little bit further, you know, getting some decent deadbolts. Um, your strike plates for your doors, they come with these nice little one inch screws that don't really grip shit. 
So it's uh, it's pretty easy to to just go out to the hardware store and get some three inch screws and really you know really put something in there so that it's grabbing a hold of the of the wood. Uh, same thing with the hinges. Um, just take out the the hinge screws one by one and replace them with with uh, bigger screws that are going to hold up pretty good. Uh, just because you see police kicking in people's front doors all the time doesn't mean that you have to have a door that can be kicked in. Uh, same thing goes with the windows. You know, make sure you have working locks that you can open and close your windows and that you can lock and secure your windows. Uh, if you ever have to have a fire, you know, uh, somebody getting into the house and you have to get out of a window, you want your windows to be able to open and close. You want to be able to access them and you also want to be able to lock them. Um, if you've ever locked yourself out of your house, uh, you know, it's stupid, but everybody does it. And the, the reason that you have a hard time getting into your house is because you don't want to break a window or you don't want to, you know, rip a screen out. Have long-term uh, repercussions. Right. Somebody breaking into your house doesn't give a shit about breaking your window. So you want to make yeah. sure that, you know, those easy access points are addressed. You know, what are the biggest, uh, what are, what's the most easiest way for somebody to break into your house and address that one first, you know? Yeah. Um, another thing that I see a lot of people do is they do these, uh, like, fake rocks with a hidden key or keeping a key under the front doormat type shit. And that's fine if you're forgetful, but the truth is that's where everybody looks at least come right. up with a place where it's not going to be, it's not going to be the first go to. Right. Yeah. You know, the big um, plastic rock sitting next to your front door, it's not fooling anybody. Right. No, like I know when I was in New York, I had this stacked stone wall. That was probably, you know, 30 feet or whatever and probably two or three feet high. And it was tough to, you know, go find the key. I'd have to go and pull a stone out and, and I'd have the key hidden in there. And even when I knew where it was, it took me, you know, a couple of stones to, you know, get there. But right. also it wasn't right next to the door. You know, it was like effort to, you know, because how mm -hmm. often is it happening? You shouldn't be that forgetful. That it's like, oh, forgot my key again. Oh, forgot it. You know, you shouldn't be, well, oh, I have to walk around the house. No, it should be a little effort and whatever. And that's the odds that right. you probably have a more hidden place. Now, again, I live in a different place. Now I don't even have a, a, a hidden key. So I don't know what to tell you. But um, Just don't lock yourself out. Just don't lock myself out. Right. You know, turns out when you have kids that never leave, then there's always somebody home. You know, there's. Yeah. That's the now that brings me to the second point I wanted to bring up um, with COVID and stuff. There's a lot of people are spending a lot more time at home. Uh, burglaries, burglaries are actually decreasing because generally, you know, somebody would look to break into a house when nobody was around. Right. Um, you know, you wait for people to go to work and then you, you know, you'd go to your work, which is, you know, going up and down neighborhoods looking for a, an easy target. Um, that's not happening as much now, but what is happening is that people are breaking into houses more often when somebody is home and just trying to like sneak into the garage while, you know, they're in the other end of the house or something like that. And they're hoping um, you don't look up from the Xbox. Right, exactly. So that brings me to my second point is, is keeping your doors and windows locked when you are home. 
Uh, a lot of people get home, they unlock all the doors, they go in, they, you know, go about their business. Um, but there's nothing wrong with keeping the doors locked when you're inside and you're at home. You don't, right. you know, one of the worst situations is somebody breaking into your home while you are there. That's one of the most dangerous things that can, that can happen to you in your, in your day-to-day life. Generally, right. somebody isn't going to break in a, into a house that they don't know and not be armed, you know, uh, whether it's just a knife or something like that, you need to be prepared for, um, one of those, one of those types of threats where it just kind of comes out of nowhere and catches you off guard. Even, even as, you know, as the homeowner, how often, you know, people will come home and even say you're the guy who carries a gun every day, right? You have your handgun on your hip and right. whatever tucked mm-hmm. in your pants or on your ankle, where, whatever you do. But a lot of people come home and they set it on the counter or they set it in their bedroom or they put it right back in the safe if they're, you know, worried about little kids or something. But when you're sitting more comfortable watching, you know, your favorite TV episode at the end of the day, can you just jump up and you're ready? Or is it so like Kevin said, having the doors locked, having the windows locked will buy you seconds. Now, can somebody just blast their boot through your door? Well, that's where better locks come in. And, you know, having the three inch screws that, you know, he had mentioned in, in your deadbolt frame or whatever, that's where that kind of stuff, it's going to buy you seconds. It might take three kicks to get through, but it's seconds to grab your gun, to get ready, to mentally prepare yourself to be like, oh crap, I got to get up. I mean, just being sit and sunk in the comfy couch takes you a second Mm -hmm. to jump up and, you know, be ready. People aren't always, you know, so one, a state of mental awareness, one, checking out the noises that you hear, looking into things, being aware to what's unusual and what, you know, Hey, you know, I, I don't usually hear a car out front cause it's a little bit to the neighbor's house and they don't usually go out at night and whatever. Let me walk over to the window and take a look or, you know, things like that, but just a little bit of mental preparedness and also keeping the gun handy. You know, you always, I don't know. So often we get caught where we realize, you know, I'm prepared a lot, but I wasn't prepared at that moment. And Mm -hmm. you never know when that moment is. And people, I think, look for you to be vulnerable. You know, they want to take advantage when they expect that you're at your weakest. And that's when, you know, you need to be extra vigilant. Um, You know, you just get complacent. You know, I've lived here for four years and nobody's ever knocked on my door and just the knock on the door, I'm like, ooh, that's a test I failed. You know, they got there and I didn't right. see you or didn't know. I didn't know they were coming up. And and that's the kind of thing. So just being prepared. Now, there's also, you know, a lot of motion alarms are great. I actually just found, uh, I, I haven't tried them out, so I don't know. But uh, Facebook had, uh, or sorry, Amazon sent me a link the other day. That, hey, you know, based on all the other crap that you search for, because you're crazy and we know it, you probably are looking Mm -hmm. for perimeter alarms. And I found this uh, motion detect uh, perimeter alarm that works off batteries. And then you plug in one end into your house and it had a half a mile radius and it got you three for 60 bucks. And I was like, yeah, 60 bucks is kind of a lot. But I'm like, wait, I could throw one at my barn. 
I can throw one, you know, I have an old like farmhouse on my property that I do keep some stuff in and putting it, you know, where I can and monitor that and putting it, you know, out by the driveway and just detecting motion. Now, hey, somebody's out there. I should go check it out. Yeah, it might have been a deer. It might have been whatever. And, you know, I might get beat on something. But that's one more level of alertness, you know, that I'm going to be stepping up. Now, again, in a world where there's no electricity and no whatever, yeah, that's not going to work for me. You know, unless I have some kind of solar backup or another setup going, that's not a forever fix. But in my day-to-day, that's going to really make a difference on my preparedness level. Me, me getting the, hey, somebody's walking around, somebody just opened your side gate, somebody's walking around your yard, that's, that's huge, you know? And by putting things right where my gate is, the odds of a deer setting it off, you know, are not likely because it's got to basically break the path of my gate. And, and that's, you know, that, that's an unlikely event. Same thing. I have it like, I'm going to do, uh, along the edge of my, uh, barn door. So again, somebody has got to kind of open the barn door or, or, you know, kind of break that barrier, those kind of things, you know, it's less likely an animal's going to walk up on that, but a person that's where they're going to go. And I can't hear my barn from my house. You know, I mean, if you're over there, you could start my tractor and I'm not going to know it. So I have to take other steps to, you know, accommodate that. Next step, security cameras. Um, They're not that expensive. Uh, I live in a log cabin where Wi-Fi cameras aren't really uh, a thing because they don't really go through the walls that well. That's not going to work out. But hardwiring stuff. It's a little effort. It's time. It's stuff that, you know, you need to put effort in. But have cameras where you're going to see stuff that matters. And how cool is it if you can have the motion detect on your cameras, right? And that stuff is not very expensive. I mean, it is and it isn't, right? The idea is 200 bucks buys you something pretty decent. $100 buys you something that's going to give you an edge over the guy who didn't spend $100. Um, you know, each it, there are different levels of what you need and, and what you should do. Yeah, having cameras on my barn and on, you know, my farmhouse that are further away, yeah, that'd be better. I'm not at the level that I feel like I can spend the money and, and the effort on that right now, but I am at the point where I can have cameras around my house, you know, and, and it's not that big a deal. Um, and a lot of those, yeah. you don't need a monthly plan. You don't need a big subscription. If you spend a little effort and time figuring out how to set it up, you can get it to work with your phone. You can get it to give you motion alerts. Yeah, it's not going to call the police, but that's usually the last thing I want to do anyway. So, you know, that works out. Don't want the cops showing up anyway. Now, when that's it comes to uh, home defense, home defense weapons... There's Uh-oh. a lot of debate on this. There's a lot of debate Uh-oh. on what's best for your house. But what I would say is before you plan out a home defense weapon, think about the layout of your house. If you have a big open uh, open floor plan, um, you know, a baseball bat might be better than if you have a cramped tight place where you can't really get a good swing on somebody's head. Uh, same thing goes with firearms, you know. 
is it better to have a shotgun, an AR-15, or a handgun? Well, it really depends on the layout of your house. Um, me, personally, I, I prefer a shotgun. But, uh, you know, if you have a real tight, you know, tight house where the rooms are, you know, all closed off from one another, having a handgun where you can easily move and maneuver right. might be a better bet. Right, exactly. It really depends on the layout of your house. Um, and how cool are you if you got the money and you have suppressed weapons uh, mm -hmm. inside the house? Not might be a little ears. bit illegal, um, but not not in my state. Um, but uh, go ahead. Uh, the uh, the also you know. But again, if I have suppressed weapons, do is it a short barrel rifle? Can I be short enough where I can still maneuver and and move around the house? That matters. Um, Maybe I can't do suppressed weapons. Maybe I have some earplugs with um, even with better home defense weapons. I have I have headphones that are sorry, like a, a headset kind of thing that has the noise canceling, where I can hear stuff mm -hmm. and it's going to cut out any loud noises like shooting. I know you're thinking, well, I don't want to have to deal with all that stuff. I mean, I know guys who keep a uh, tactical vest just hanging you know, right there on the hook and they just throw it on as they go downstairs. And well, that that's harder to explain to the police later, but just the same, they're right. not getting, uh, you know, filled with bullet holes. So maybe that's, that's a plus, you know, it's a lot easier mm -hmm. to make your argument when you're alive. So that's something to consider. Um, again, you know, having the shotgun with the wooden stock and the whatever, might be a little more defensible in court. If I'm in, you know, a communist state like New York or California, I, I might have a weapon that is more suited to, uh, you know, to the court system, right. I guess, that looks a little less. Now, same thing, like hollow points. They're a lot less likely to go through walls, a lot less likely mm -hmm. to, you know, go through, maybe it'll go right. through one wall, but not through three walls. Um that kind mm -hmm. of thing that matters. Uh, think about the shot that you use, you know, having a bird shot or something like that, you know, maybe buckshot if you're more serious about, well, they might be armed or, you know, wearing armor or something. All right. Buy something a little beefier, whatever. That's, that's your call. But bird shot is going to stop somebody in the hall and, you know, at least buy you time. Somebody's going to rethink when they get shot in the, you know, Right. They're going to rethink right. what they're yeah, and doing. It's not going to go right through the wall and hit your kid sleeping in the bedroom there. It's, right. it's, it's one of those debates. I mean, birdshot, the truth is you're not going to kill anybody shooting with birdshot unless you're like six inches away from them. Yeah. Um, oh. Now I, I, what I do is that my first, first shot is birdshot and then it's buckshot all the way down. Um, I used to like candy cane it, you know, birdshot, buckshot, birdshot, buckshot. But you know, the truth is, if you pepper somebody up with a bird shot and they're not leaving, yeah, you're 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 in a more serious situation than than you should be dealing with bird shot. So I, yeah. I have the first one bird shot, but it's buckshot after that. And uh, no. the truth is, if they don't they don't run from the bird shot, then you know that, that's that's you're playing a serious game now. Um, but you know, it really is up to you. It's really something that that you have to make that decision for yourself and for your home, and, you know, based on your home layout and based on the people that you have in your house. Right. And maybe where you live, guns aren't an option 
Or maybe just for you personally and morally, you're like, guns aren't an option. All right. Well, one, Mm -hmm. you could maybe learn a little kind of self-defense stuff, some Krav Maga, something cool, right? That's an option. Or maybe Mm -hmm. you're not willing to commit time and you're not willing to own guns. Well, maybe you're just a scared little child and you should man up. But aside of that... Maybe um, you should get better locks on your house. (laughs) Yeah, I would get better locks. Um, A little beefier door. But how about pepper spray? And that's where the cameras and the whatever. Oh, I'm just going to retreat. I'm going to go hide like a a scared child. Well, okay, that's you. But uh, maybe you need to build a panic room, otherwise known as a coffin. And uh, yeah, but uh, you could also, you know, pepper spray, that kind of stuff. Again, pepper spray, it's going to slow somebody down. It's going to make them a less efficient attacker. But just the same, it's mm-hmm. probably not a real long-term fix. If you don't have a way right. to deal with them after the pepper spray and you're in an area where screaming for help isn't going to help you, I mean, you know, if there's 100 people there and you're like, hey, look, I just pepper sprayed this guy. He's attacking me. It'll probably work. Pepper spray is the right answer. But if you're in the middle of nowhere, the guy's going to be like, oh, crap, there's stuff in my eye. And then 30 minutes later or a minute later, you're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. And because right. then he's just angry. And, you and know, another to... thing was, yeah, you have to be aware that pepper spray in your house, if you spray it in your house, you're also getting some of that pepper spray. You know, you yeah. might hit him right in the face, but your eyes are, are going to start watering too. Um, you I know, pick and, up and... the pepper spray container and move it. And then my I touch my eyes later and I'm like, crap. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. So I mean, the, all these things are something to think about, and and really, the choice is up to you personally what your situation is and what's best for you. So you know, just just take that with a grain of salt. When it comes to a home defense weapon, you have to decide what's best for you. But <clears throat> be aware, you do need now, to be able to move. You do need to be able to get around corners and function. And you'd rather not blast through to your neighbor's apartment or your neighbor's house or whatever. So just take all that into account. All right. Want to touch on anything else? I think we're good. I think that's solid. I just think, you know, think about what you need, what it takes to function day to day, but... Plan for the unexpected. Think about what could happen and what could affect you in your home. And, you know, that stuff matters. So lay it out a little bit. Come up with a plan of attack. And, uh, you know, think about how to make your your place a little more defensive. Maybe even go outside and look at your house. Think of it like kind of like a criminal. Or maybe have a buddy come over and be like, how would you get in? What would you do? You know, Mm -hmm. they have that like 3M film for the glass. You know, maybe you have the big glass sliders. You can really make it tough to get through the glass if you, uh, you know, and that stuff's inexpensive. Uh, Basically, you got to break through it with a baseball bat for about five minutes to get through the 3M film. Um, And it's like you can do like tinted glass or mirrored or just clear, that kind of thing. But that kind of stuff can really make a difference. Um, you know, in buying you time to prepare yourself. So just be aware mm-hmm. that kind of thing is out there. But think of your house a little bit more tactically. 
Uh, think about what kind of things you have for bad guys to hide behind. When you look out, you know, your front door or your side door, can they sneak right up on your house? Or is it, you know, kind of open and you kind of get them? Think of the vantage points you can see out your windows and where, you know, what, what your visibility is and where your limitations are. Think about maybe, you know, utilizing cameras to affect that or, you know, just come up with a plan on how to deal with it or just be aware of it. Um, these are the things that are going to make the difference. So if you have ideas, concerns, things you want to talk about, things you want to hear about, you can email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Um, if you're enjoying the show, you can support us by either uh, buying cool gear at preppingbadass.com or supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slant prepping badass. Otherwise, with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.